You are listening to The Literacy Dive, a podcast for teachers who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing. Learn teacher tips and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you grow as an educator. With a passion for literacy and supporting teachers, here's your host, Megan Polk from Miss P's Style. Hey there, welcome back. We are on episode three, and today we are going to be talking about essential questions and why they are so important to implement in your classrooms. Now, I will be the first one to admit that I was not always a teacher who used essential questions to guide my learning and the learning experiences that my students had. It actually wasn't until I moved to Houston, Texas, and I started working at an IB International Baccalaureate School, and at this school is where I was prompted to use essential questions. Well, in the very beginning, I thought, ugh, no biggie, I can throw some questions on the board and we can explore them. But there's a little bit more of an art to creating those questions in order to make it the most powerful and also to give you the most bang for your buck when it comes to your students taking that question, doing some research around it, diving in deep to their experiences in order to uncover so many truths. Once I learned the art of creating essential questions and using it to move my reading and writing instruction forward, I honestly had regretted the fact that I never really used them in this way before. But I didn't just stop there because at this school, I taught all subjects, reading, writing, math, science, social studies, and in all five content areas, I was required to have essential questions for my students to answer. So before we dive in deeper, I want to just go over a general definition of what an essential question is. Essential questions are deep, not easy to answer questions that are used to guide students' learning. Essential questions breed inquiry, they stimulate student thinking, and their processing, and they also transform instruction as a whole. These questions promote the discovery of a topic, of a concept, or of a subject. And essential questions are critical drivers for teaching and learning. They are essential in providing students with a chance to use higher order thinking, which we know is the best for our kiddos. These questions often begin with why, how, or to what extent, but they can also begin with other question stems too. The idea is that the question is open for discovery and for a variety of answers. What I have found are that the best questions can't be answered with just a yes or no, or a true or false. Here's an example of an essential question that I've used before. How do the best fantasy writers hook and hold their readers? Students will focus on that question as they are diving into text exploration and they're going to be determining the different ways authors can hook a reader. 
So if you're not already using essential questions, hopefully you're you're now excited and wondering, huh, I think I may want to try this, but how do you how do you create them? And I'm so glad you asked that because I'm going to walk you through how I have created essential questions that have worked for my students. Step one, when you are starting this process of creating essential questions, you need to start with thinking about your academic standards or the desired learning outcome that you want to make for your students. I like to ask myself, What curricular connection do I want to make with my essential question? This is important to think about because we as teachers are responsible for teaching and we are responsible for what students must learn. So when you are searching your objectives and creating some ideas and focal points that can connect in that way, it is going to help you stay on track when you are creating the experience for your students to find answers to your questions. So step one is to choose a main concept. Then we're going to head into step two, which is to turn the concept or desired learning outcome into a question. To do this, you are going to take the statement and convert it into a simple clear question. Think, what is the specific challenge or problem or exploration that I want my students to face and to have with this question? Going back to my example from earlier, when I was giving the example about the fantasy writers, Well, my learning outcome for that question, my learning outcome that I wanted my students to experience and to internalize is that writers use hooks and conclusions to hook their readers, and I wanted them to understand that so that they could start being more aware in their writing. Since we were reading stories about the fantasy genre, I could link that learning outcome of them taking that skill as a writer, and I could link it with the genre of text that we were reading, and I came up with the question, how do the best fantasy writers hook and hold their readers? Now, before I go on, some concepts can be separated into more than one essential question. So I could have easily taken that one question and turned it into two questions by saying, How do the best fantasy writers hook their audience? And then I could have had a second question. What do writers do to hold their audience's attention? Now I'm giving my students something to think about, and I will then give them different experiences for them to derive and come to these different answers. Once I've done that, the step one and two, I like to just take a minute to pause and become my student. So I will just say that this is step three. Become your student. This involves thinking like your students so that you can be sure to target them in the best way. Think about their interests. Think about what draws them in. In my example, I could have just said, writers, and that's a good essential question, 
But when I added fantasy, because that is what the genre that we were studying, I knew that I would grab their attention because they love fantasy. So if you add keywords or anything that would spark their interest, spark their engagement, and help you with getting that student buy-in, that is important to do. Right now, you are just becoming your student so that you can better understand who they are and ensure that your question is going to be targeted and exciting for them to want to explore. Once you've considered your students, you will move into step four, which is refining your question. And this has two parts to it. The first part is considering your standard and objective, thinking about your learning outcome, and thinking about your student population you're going to look at the question you designed and ensure that the content and the question are both targeting your concept. A great way to know that you're on track is that the questions you create should require students to use higher order thinking and they should not be able to easily answer your question right off the bat in just one or two sentences. The idea is that although they might have one or two suggestions in mind, that all of the experiences they go through from that day across the next couple of weeks, they are going to be learning all of these other ideas for what these authors do in this example that they did not think of right from the start. Now, your students need to be able to easily understand your question. This means do not get fancy when you are trying to write your question. You do not have to use big words or long verbs. You just need to keep it very general, to the point, so that your students can easily understand what it is you are asking them, and so that as the days go on, They can refer to what it is they are to keep in mind. A way that I like to make sure that I'm being clear and concise and not too fancy is by letting another teacher read my questions and they can let me know if it's clear and concise or to the point or if it's a little bit too difficult and I need to scale it back some. I think the only time I really used big words is if it was in part of the concept, let's say for science, or maybe there's a certain type of genre for reading, then you do want to use that vocabulary because your students need to know that vocabulary. But if you're just writing a basic question and there is no true vocabulary that is specific to your content area, it is best to just keep the question as simple as as possible. Yay, so now your essential question is written, and step five is to think about the active exploration piece. Now for this, just ask yourself, how can students meet the challenge of this essential question using the resources they have and their critical thinking? This is a time for you to stretch their minds, to think about How can you create curiosity and get students pumped about focusing on your essential question? This is going to be where all of the learning experiences come into play. Make sure that you have adequate resources available for students to come to the answers of your essential question. 
This includes books, technology, field trips, maybe not in person now because of the pandemic, but there are several virtual field trips that you can go on if you Google virtual field trips, so you can still provide your students with that rich experience. This might be videos, interviews, there are so many different forms of experiences that you can provide to your students to get them thinking about answering your essential question. Keep in mind that the learning opportunities that you are creating for your students need to connect to your main concept. Also, collaboration is really great for this type of learning. And if you're in person, there are definitely ways that you can still allow collaboration to happen, whether it's whole group or whether it is sectioning off parts of your room where students can maybe whisper across to each other. But if you're virtual, this can still happen by way of using breakout rooms. And breakout rooms are really great for small group discussions and you are able to pop in and out of different rooms, but that is just a place for collaboration to happen. So if you can find ways to allow students to collaborate with each other, then they can support each other through this journey and they can practice problem solving because we all know that two heads are better than one. That is really all there is to it when you are creating powerful, essential questions. So hopefully you are able to maybe choose one subject or one concept and try presenting an essential question to your students, and that is something that they are able to go out and to explore. I want to leave you with just understanding the importance of these questions. Mastering the art of writing an essential question is worthwhile, and it is so great for our little readers and writers. It inspires deep levels of thinking and uncovers these revelations and all of this new knowledge, and we know that that is key when we're thinking about young readers and writers. Essential questions help to maintain your focus, and you're for sure better able to provide your students with suitable learning experiences. To recap what we've covered today, Step one in creating essential questions is to think about your standard or your objective or a main concept that you want to leave your students with. Step two is to turn that concept into a question. Step three is to step into the mind of your students so that you can be able to better understand what you can do to target them. Step four is to refine your question and to ensure that it does indeed link back to the content of your standard. And step five is to start creating all of those active exploration experiences that your students will need in order to provide you answers to your essential questions. For more information about what I talked about today, be sure to check out the show notes. Thank you for listening to The Literacy Dive. If you would like to connect with Megan, you can find her on Instagram at Miss Peace Style. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes of The Literacy Dive. Until next time.